Being committed to prayer is the first step to learning how to pray. This message is the first in the series, Teach Us to Pray. The message is entitled, Teach Us. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Welcome to Church of the Redeemer this weekend. So glad that you're here. If you're with us for the first time, welcome. Glad to have you with us joining us online this weekend. And if you're a regular, welcome back. It's good to be together. What a great time of worship we've had. And I wanna take just a moment to pray before we get started in today's message. Would you join me as we pray together? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have, uh, Lord, weekly together around your word. We're grateful for the word of God, how it instructs us and guides us and teaches us things that we need to know to live life the way you want us to live it. So we ask you to speak to us in a very real way today, a very powerful, personal way, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we get started today's message, just want to remind you that uh, while we are uh, not in our buildings currently, we're still looking very closely at how things are moving forward with our uh, area from a COVID standpoint, what the regulations are. And so we hope that in the not too distant future, we'll be back in building services. But thank you for continuing to be a part of our online services, our continuing weekend ministry, and then also all the outreaches that we're doing as well that we're telling you about. Hope you'll continue to stay engaged with us as we're heading into the fall season. We're going to start a brand new series of messages this weekend that I'm extremely excited about. I want to talk to us for the next eight weeks, Lord willing, the next eight weeks about prayer. How do we pray prayers that get answers? I think that's a very important question for us to try to resolve because the Bible is full of not only instructions to pray and information about prayers and stories about people who prayed, but also stories about people who prayed and got answers. And so I know that if you're like me, I want to learn how to pray in such a way that answers come from heaven. I want to talk this weekend about uh, the beginning process of learning how to pray. And we're going to talk about the, the element of Jesus teaching us the essence of what prayer is all about. Today's message is entitled, Teach Us Prayers That Get Answers. You know, oftentimes I've found that when I talk about prayer to Christian believers, there's a lot of questions that will come up relative to prayer. Some folks will say, well, I'm not sure. Am I praying enough? I'm not sure if I pray in the right way and the right time. I'm not sure if I'm really knowing how to connect with God so that there's an answer. There's a lot of questions that people have relative to prayer. And oftentimes, I think what happens with Christian believers is that we sort of relegate prayer to sort of crossing our fingers and hoping something is going to happen. But that's not what prayer is all about at all. Prayer is about a very specific way that you and I communicate with God and how we connect with him. You know, in one of the gospel accounts in Jesus' ministry, there was a request made by Jesus, uh, of Jesus, by one of his disciples. I want to turn your attention to that in Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse number one. And I want you to see a particular request that was made by one of Jesus' disciples, perhaps a request that you have in your heart today as well as we talk about prayer. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. So we see here the pattern of Jesus' own life. He was a prayer person, if you will. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. So Jesus, here in this moment, was asked a question after he's finished praying himself. One of his disciples come, and they make the request of him, Lord, teach us to pray. Why would they have made that request? Why did this particular disciple make this request of Jesus? 
I believe it was because this young man, this disciple, was perhaps very impressed with how Jesus prayed. He was impressed not only in the words that perhaps Jesus would use in his prayers, but also the results that would transpire. And in fact, if you study the four Gospels, you will find that there's never a request of the disciples coming to Jesus and say, Lord, teach us to preach, or Lord, teach us to witness, or Lord, teach us to many other things. But you do find this record of this very important request, Lord, teach us to pray. This disciple, along, I believe, with the other disciples, wanted to know how to pray. How do I pray? Teach us to pray that it will become a part of our lives and teach us how to pray because all the prayers they had ever heard primarily were the prayers of the Pharisees, very religious prayers, very formal prayers. But Jesus prayed in a very different way. And so these disciples, this particular disciple said, Lord, teach us to pray your way. Now, Luke recorded the response of Jesus in one particular way, but I want to take you now to Matthew's response, his record of this, uh, as you see in the Gospel of Matthew, one that you'll be perhaps a bit more familiar with. I'll begin in verse number five. I'll read down through verse 13 of Matthew chapter six. Listen to, again, this is the response to Jesus being asked the question or made the request, teach us to pray. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand pray, stand, pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, here's the instructions now, go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Now, Jesus is going to lay out a pattern of prayer. You know it well. You know it as the Lord's Prayer. Let me read it for you again from Matthew's version here. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Another translation renders this, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. These disciples, as I said a moment ago, they were eager. They wanted to learn how to pray the Jesus way. You know, no one ever learns anything until they're ready to learn. And for some reason in this moment, these disciples were ready to learn to pray. It's been said that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And how true that is in so many areas of life. When you're ready to learn something, then you're in this position of being hungry to, to understand what you need to understand that will move you down that pathway toward growth. So I want to talk this weekend about this prayer that this or this request that this disciple made about prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. In fact, I would in invite you to pray that even in your own heart right now as we're beginning this series together that I believe will be life-changing for you. Lord, teach us to pray. And let me share with you today in this introductory lesson and this introductory message for the series. I hope you'll stay with me for all eight messages in this series. I want to share with you four things that you and I need to understand basically about prayer as Jesus began to lay it out for his disciples as he laid it out for us as well. Number 
Number one, there's some prerequisites that are necessary for effective prayer. Now, a prerequisite is a requirement. It's something that comes ahead of something being effective. It's a necessary condition that needs to be met before you and I engage in something, a prerequisite. And Jesus gave us some ground rules for prayer. Let me take you back to verses 5 through 8 of Matthew chapter 6 and notice some ground rules that Jesus gave us, some prerequisites that Jesus gave us for effective prayer. And when you pray, notice he didn't say if you pray, he said when you pray. So there's an assumption that we would be people of prayer. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. He's drawing a distinction between the religious leaders of the day, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. So their motives were wrong. Truly, I tell you, they receive their reward in full. But when you pray, here are the prerequisites, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Let me share with you five, what I would call ground rules, or five prerequisites to prayer. And so you may want to write these down or take notes of these. How do we get ourselves ready for praying the Jesus way? Well, first of all, we need to be the real us. You've got to be the real you. You've got to be you when you come to God. God is not looking for some kind of religious uh, process, some religious person that you're trying to present yourself to be, or he's not in any way encouraging you to be hypocritical when you pray. I think it's extremely important. The ground rule is that Jesus says, just be yourself. Don't come to me with any kind of pretense and don't try to be something that you're not. Bring every part of you to me, the real you. And that means the good, the bad, the ugly, every part of us, because he already knows us and we're safe in his presence. And a lot of people miss the essence of prayer because they're trying to be something before God. They're trying to do it the right way. But Jesus says, no, don't worry about that. Just be the real you. Just be you. Come before me like a little child. You will notice that when little children come to their parents, they don't try to pretend to be something they're not. They just come and present themselves just as they are. And that's the first prerequisite. You don't need to be anything super special. Just come. You are super special because you're a child of God if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And then number two, you need to be personal and, and you need to be intimate and you need to be relational. It's very interesting that Jesus said that you are approaching in prayer. You're not approaching some distant God that is somehow going to be angry with you. No, you're approaching your father in heaven. Your father is, your, is a, that word father is a relational word. And so we're, we come to our father just as the real us, the good, the bad, the ugly, Every part of who we are, we come as the real us, and then we come to our Father in a personal way, in an intimate way, realizing we have a relationship with Him. It's not about somehow trying to impress Him or being afraid of Him in, a, in, a, in, a, in an intimidated sort of way, but we come with a relationship, and then we need to be believing. We need to believe that something's going to happen. Jesus said that when you go into your prayer closet, shut the door and talk to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. See, that's faith. It's believing that your prayers are really going to make a difference. And then the fourth prerequisite to prayer, I believe, is very important simply to be focused, that when you're spending time with God, you're focused on your relationship with him. 
You know, anytime you're having a decent conversation with a person, uh, you know that the conversation is perhaps going well if you are focused, if you are playing with your phone, if you're talking to other people, looking around the room, when you're having a conversation with someone, your attention is divided. And the same is true with God, that if you try to have some time with God and you're thinking about one thing or another, or you're sort of distracted from the situation, then you're not going to be effective in prayer. And so he says, go into your, your prayer closet, go into your room, find a place where you can have some real focus. And then the fifth thing is just be confident that God knows everything that you have need of. So notice those five prerequisites again, that when you get ready to pray, just be the real you. Realize it's about a personal, intimate relationship with your father. Go into that prayer believing that God's going to answer, that he's going to do something. Keep your focus. It might not be for an hour or two hours. It may be for five minutes, but keep your focus upon the relationship during that time. And then simply be confident that God knows what you need, even if you're not asking for the right things in the moment. He knows what's really needed in your life. And so it's how you get started. There's some prerequisites to prayer. The second thing I want to share with you today is this. Prayer has a primary purpose, has a main purpose. Now, I think most of us think of prayer as getting things from God, having God to respond to our needs. And that's very true. It's very valid. In fact, it's right. And we'll see that in just a moment. Prayer does bring supernatural help and supernatural resources and supernatural power from heaven into our lives. No doubt about it. However, listen closely. It's not the primary purpose. It's not the main purpose of prayer. To understand the main purpose of prayer, I'm going to draw your attention back to a man in the Old Testament that you know well. His name was Moses. And Moses prayed a prayer that helps us to see what the real purpose behind prayer is. What is the main purpose? Yes, God answers and God does things for us. But what's the real reason that we are to pray? And the story we're going to look at is found in Exodus chapter 33, and it follows on the time when Moses had come down from the mountain, Mount Sinai, and he had found, he experienced God giving him the Ten Commandments, and he comes down and discovers that the people of Israel, while he was gone, had erected a golden calf, and they were worshiping, and of course, all that was very disturbing to Moses, and it led to Moses having a prayer time with God, pouring out his heart to God in agony and pain and challenge, trying to be the leader of this group of people. And notice what he prays in Exodus 33, beginning in verse number 12. Moses said to the Lord, so this is his prayer time. You've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and have found, you have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways. Notice now, here's the essence of his prayer. Teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Let's come down, down now to verse number 18 in Exodus 33. Then Moses said, here's another prayer he prayed. Now, show me your glory. So he's prayed two things. Teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. And then show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. 
But he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, my face. You must not be seen. Here's what I want you to see. It's a lot of stuff that we could talk about there in that passage. But right for today's purpose, I want to draw your attention right now to this particular essence. There are two basic things that Moses asked for, and it shows us the main purpose of prayer. He says, God, I want to understand your ways. I want to know you. And God, I want to see your glory. Moses goes to the heart of what prayer was all about. God, what I really want from you is not you to do this or you to do that or you to do another thing for me as I'm giving you these requests. Yes, indeed, Moses made many requests of God. But in this particular time, we see the heart of what prayer is all about. He says, Lord, here's what I really want from you more than anything else. I want to understand your ways. I want to know you and I want to see your glory. It's quite interesting. In verse 19, we see what happened here in response to that prayer. And the Lord said, reading it again, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And he goes on to talk about his mercy and his compassion. Here's what I want you to note here in this passage. What, what Moses prayed, prayed for was this. He said, God, I want to know you. I want to know your character. I want to know your ways. I just want to get to know more of you. And God, I want to see your glory. And God says, I'm going to show you my glory. I'm going to allow my goodness to pass before you. I believe that one of the primary reasons that you and I pray is to, should pray is to connect with the presence of God, just to simply be with him, to learn his ways, to know more of him, and then to experience his glory, which is his goodness. See, it's, it's wonderful that in prayer, you can simply be with God. You can fellowship with your father. He's going to reveal to you in prayer more and more of his goodness because his goodness is his glory. So what is the main purpose of prayer? It's not just to ask for this or to ask for that. Nothing wrong with asking. In fact, we'll talk, as I said, more about that in this series, a little bit more about that, in fact, in just a moment. But the key focus, the key motivation to praying is just to get to know God, to be with him and to learn more of who he is, to let him saturate your life with who he is. Number three, prayer is a positive and powerful practice. Notice that word. That's the word I'm emphasizing there. It's a practice. Jesus taught us that prayer, as we read a few moments ago in Matthew chapter 6, that prayer is a practice. He said, when you pray. So when you do something is when you practice it. That is when you're engaging in something. So again, he did not say, if you do this. He said, when you engage in this activity, when you practice this, then God promises to do certain things. So prayer is a practice. Let me share with you some things that happen in response to prayer as you're getting to know God, as you're learning more about his goodness. First of all, peace is found in prayer. That when you pray, that's how you access the very peace of God. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. We read it recently. Let me read it back to you again from the Living, Living Bible. Don't worry about anything. Instead, notice this, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, 
We've been talking in the last several weeks about thanksgiving. So if you thank God, but also if you pray, if you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. So many times we are void of peace in our lives because we haven't prayed. We spent more time worrying than we've spent praying. And so you need to turn your worry list into a prayer list. Second of all, God's help is provided. God helps you when you pray. Psalm 3 verse 4, I call out to the Lord and he answers me. Notice the psalmist is, is describing and declaring God's response, God's help as he cried out to him. Number three, answers arrive, that God brings answers. Think of it this way, that in heaven, there's every answer to any problem you face on earth. Every problem you're going through right now, heaven has an answer for your problem. And so when you pray, you're actually accessing or you're, you're inviting in the arrival of the answers of heaven. And answers are heaven, from heaven are delivered to earth when people pray. Jesus said in, Matt, in John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Did you hear that? So that my father, the father may be glorified in the son. You may ask me for anything in my name. Notice this, and I will do it. What an amazing, amazing promise that's been given to us by Jesus. He says, when you ask, know that answers are on the way. I'm dispatching from heaven answers into your earth. The fourth thing that happens when we pray is that wisdom and direction are given to us. James tells us in James chapter one, verse five, and we'll dive into this more as a part of this series. I'm going to read from God's word translation. If any of you needs wisdom, to know what you should do. You should, notice this, ask God. So here's prayer, and he will give it to you. God is generous to everyone and doesn't find fault with them. And so here's this promise that God says that when you pray, I'm going to bring wisdom and direction for your life. And then number five, strength is supplied, that when you and I practice prayer, see, prayer is a positive practice in your life. When you do it, you can expect strength to be supplied to your life. I really appreciate, love, and, and value this passage I'm about to read to you because it really ties in several things, the, the difficulties that the Apostle Paul went through many times in his life and the support he received through prayer and the difference that prayer made. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse number 8. Listen closely as I read from the Passion Translation. Paul's writing to the Corinthian believers and saying, brothers and sisters, you need to know about the severe trials we experienced while we were in Western Turkey. All of, the, all of the hardships we passed through crushed us beyond our ability to endure, and we were so completely overwhelmed that we were about to give up entirely. Have you ever felt that way before? It felt like we had a death sentence written upon our hearts, and we still feel it to this day. It has taught us to lose our faith in ourselves and to place all of our trust in God who raises the dead. He, rest, he has rescued us from terrifying encounters with death, and now we fasten our hope on him to continue to deliver us from death yet again. As you, notice this, as you labor together with us through, what's the next word there? Through prayer. Because there is so many interceding, that's prayer, praying for us. Our deliverance will cause even more people to give thanks to God. What a gracious gift of mercy surrounds us because of your 
prayers. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying this. He's saying you need to understand that we made it through all these difficulties in Western Turkey that we were facing because you were praying for us. God supplied us strength because of prayer. Things happen when you pray. Prayer is a powerful, positive practice in your life. And then number four, a productive prayer life really involves a personal commitment to pray. There's the phrase of personal commitment. It's a practice, but you have to personally commit to doing it. Now, anytime you learn a new subject, anytime you learn anything new, you need information. Uh, we certainly have to have the understanding, information, concepts, and so forth. They help you in your mind, illuminate your mind, but it requires learning something requires more than information. It requires application. You have to do it. Many times, in fact, you'll learn more just by trying, by doing, than just by the information that you receive. And it's really true with prayer. I think a lot of folks have a lot of information about prayer, but not much application. And so they're not learning much about prayer because they're not doing it. They're not actually practicing the process. And so you and I need to just simply pray. If you want to learn how to pray, here's the best way to learn how to pray. Pray. Okay. The best way to learn how to pray is just do it. Okay. To actually engage in a regular practice of prayer in your life. I think a lot of people do the prayer thing. It's called the emergency appeal. It's the God 911. And so usually whenever something's going wrong in their life, it's like grab the, grab the spiritual phone and quickly hit 911 and send a prayer up. And thank God he hears and responds to prayers of that nature. But that's not the highest dimension of prayer. In fact, prayer needs to be something that happens to us on a consistent basis. It needs to be a regular part of your life. And that requires a commitment. You, get, you are committed to things that you really, really value, that are valuable to you. You'll do what you hold to be valuable in your life. Now, a commitment in life means this. It means that you embrace certain things and you push away other things. You can't do everything in life. And so it's true in the spiritual realm. It's true in the relational realm. It's true in your work realm. Not everything can be done. And so you have to prioritize and say what's really the most important. And sometimes what happens in life for us when it comes to prayer is that we kind of tend to take prayer and push it to the back. And I'll pray when I have time. I'll pray when I get to it. When I get around to it, then I will pray. And so it gets push to the back burner and other things become more important or take priority in our lives. And then prayer just simply gets pushed aside, not because we're not meaning to pray or not wanting to pray. It's just an issue of priority. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to begin to put prayer on the front burner of your life to say, you know what? Prayer is not an option. I'm committed to this because I realize the value and what prayer does for me. Jesus was committed himself to prayer. He was the son of God on earth, but he was nevertheless committed to spending time with his father. Mark 1.35 says, the next morning Jesus got up long before daylight, left the house where it was, while it was dark, and made his way to a secluded place to give himself to what? To prayer. And so I believe this is the pattern of Jesus' life that early in the morning quite often, where would you find Jesus? You would find Jesus communing with his father. And if Jesus prayed regularly as his students, you and me as his disciples, I think we should obviously do the same. Let me share with you some things that will help you begin to prioritize prayer. And there are actually four things here, and these are on your notes, but I want you to pay close attention to these four things that will help you to move prayer to the front burner of your life. Understanding, again, what the main purpose of prayer is, the power of 
for practice prayer is. Now, how do we push it to the main, to the, to the, to the, uh, to the front burners of our life and make it a priority? First of all, just set a consistent time. It may not necessarily be the same time every day, but it needs to be something that's fairly consistent in your life. You do things better when there's a habitual approach to it. There's a consistency to it. And so think about your schedule and ask yourself the question, when can I carve out? When will I carve out X amount of time? Does it need to be long lengths of time? It might be five minutes. It might be 15 minutes. It might be 30 minutes. Whatever time you can do it, I would much prefer you take five minutes of prayer and do it consistently than to try to sort of do prayer an hour or once a month. So it's a consistent process in your life. And so a consistent time. Look at your calendar and find a consistent time. Second thing, find a quiet place. You can't focus if you don't have a quiet place. Now, sometimes this is difficult. If you live with other people, a family environment, maybe you're a, uh, you have kids that you're dealing with. And, and these are all issues that all of us face from time to time. But my goodness, if nothing else, go into your closet and, and close the door, as Jesus says. Uh, find a place where, there's, where you can just for a few moments, just sort of tune everything out. The time of day when it's going to be most likely that you'll have few distractions and the most quiet place you can go to so that there's a focus point and then use a simple process. I'm going to talk about this simple process in just a moment and define it for you. And there's a simple process you can go through in your prayer time. But here's the fourth thing. Just have a sincere heart. Just come before, before God with sincerity. You don't have to be anything other than who you are. You, don't, you just bring you into that situation with that consistent time and that quiet place. And you're using a process of prayer. And you simply are sincere before your Father. Now, as we start this series, I'm going to challenge you. I want to ask you to do something. I don't do this very often in a very specific sort of way like I'm going to do it today, but I'm going to challenge you to do something. We're starting a new series together. We're going to talk about teach us. Teach us to pray prayers a good answer. And so to do it, you got to pray. We have to pray. And so I want to challenge you to make a commitment for these eight weeks at least. I guarantee if you'll make it for these eight weeks, it'll begin to be a pattern in your life for at least these eight weeks to say, I am going to be a person of prayer. You're going to find that there's a link available on the, on the screen today, and the chat hosts are also going to provide a link available for you to go to a commitment form. And I want you to fill this commitment form out. It's a prayer commitment form. And what does the prayer commitment form say? I sincerely commit myself to consistent prayer, expecting God to respond. And here's what you're going to fill in. My time to pray is, and then figure out that time every day. What time is it going to be? It might be your lunchtime. It might be when everybody goes to bed at night. It might be before anybody gets up in the morning. It might be in the, uh, in the, in the mid-morning, middle of the afternoon. The key is something that is consistent. My time to pray is, my place to pray is, find that place, what's going to be my quiet place, and here's my process of prayer. Let me quickly go over it with you. Here's all I'm going to ask you to do for the next eight weeks. I think you'll go beyond this as we study more, but here's what I'm asking you to do. There's a little acronym called ACTS, A-C-T-S. Say it with me, A-C-T-S, ACTS. And here's what you do when you pray. Just pray A, adoration. Spend some time honoring and worshiping God just for a few months. Lord, I adore you. I worship you. I thank you for the blessings in my life. And so you spend time adoring him. See confession. Confession is, God, I'm asking now you to search my heart and see what's inside of me that I need to make right with you. And so you go to God asking him to cleanse you of your sins and wash you and make sure that everything's right in your relationship with God. And he'll speak to you and help you in that, in that, in that period of your 
your prayer time. And then T, thanksgiving. Take time and say, now God, I'm just going to thank you for it. And start listing your blessings. See, it's a wonderful thing as we've been talking about, the power of thanksgiving. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praises. So spend just a little bit of time thanking him for something, something you're really grateful for, and then ask supplication. That's a big word, but it, all it means is making your request. I'm sure you have some things that you want to ask God about and ask God for, and this is the right place to do it. In your prayer time, God, I adore you. I'm making confession of my sins. Search my heart and see what's in me. Help me to get things right with you, knowing that if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me. Now, Lord, I'm going to thank you for and Just take one or two things that you're thankful for that day and tell him. And then now, God, I'm bringing to you my supplication, my request. I'm praying for. Maybe there's a situation on your job or maybe there's a situation in your family. Maybe you're dealing with something with your health or with your finance or someone else's health or somebody else has a problem they've ask you to pray about. That's making a request to God. So what have we learned today? We learned that there was a disciple that came to Jesus after they'd watched him pray. And they said, Jesus, we're pretty impressed with how you pray. Would you teach us to pray? Would you teach us to pray your way? And Jesus said, yeah, I'll teach you. And there's some prerequisites to prayer. And we've talked about those today. There's a primary purpose to prayer. It's not just to get things from me. It's to spend time with me so that I can show you who I am and I can reveal my glory to you, my goodness to you. I just want to be with you. And as you pray, it's going to create some powerful things in your life because it's a powerful practice. It's going to change some things in your life. And then as you pray, make sure that it's a, it's a commitment that you've made. Don't just sort of relegate it to the back burner and say, I'll do it when I get around to it. No, pull it out and make it the front burner of your life, that the most important thing that you do every day is to start your day or include in your day the commitment to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. It's a prayer, I promise you, that Jesus will answer if you'll pray that prayer sincerely. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray today? Father, we're so very grateful for the opportunity that we've had to just take a few moments and talk about the power of prayer and the importance of prayer. And Lord, to include in our own hearts today that same request that the disciples made many, many years ago when they saw you pray. And then they came to you and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Help us to pray your way. And, and Lord, we ask that today, that this weekend, that you would work in our hearts and our lives and that prayer would be moved from the back burner of our lives or prayer would be removed just from the 911 issues of our life, that prayer would become everything that we are and what we do on a consistent basis so we can get to know you and your ways and so we can experience more and more of your goodness and your glory so we can see your power at work in our lives. So Lord, we pray that you'll help us, teach us to pray, we ask in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus. I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. 
and I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.